Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Hey friends, before we jump into today's episode, I have a quick announcement for you about a new masterclass that I now have available to watch at any time you want. There's no need to schedule anything or show up live or anything like that. And it's my masterclass, Three Things Confident Doctors Never Do. And in the masterclass, I'm going to teach you the most common causes of self-doubt, um, which really I think will surprise you. And especially if you're a woman physician, these things are really going to hit home for you, I think. The next thing I'm going to go over for you is what no one ever told you about confidence. These are things that I didn't learn until just a few years ago. No one ever was going around teaching me these things in medical school or residency for sure. The next thing you're going to learn is what you must stop doing immediately in order to overcome self-doubt. And these are things that seem relatively harmless in the moment, but really have huge impacts on our confidence down the road. And the last thing I'm going to give you a glimpse of is how amazing your life can be when you're not doubting yourself. And even if this feels super far off for you right now, I think it's still worth watching this masterclass because what it's going to give you is actionable steps to take that confident doctors do every day. And it's going to really talk to you about those things that doctors who identify as confident, the things that they're not doing on a day-to-day basis that maybe you've kind of fallen into the habit of doing. And I know these things firsthand because I've been there and I've done them all and I still sometimes fall victim to these things. So be sure to check out this masterclass. Like I said, it's free. You can watch it right away whenever you have a few moments and you'll also get a copy of it in your email. So you can go to www.kristinyatesdo.com forward slash masterclass to check that out. Have a great one. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. This week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the voices in our head. And I don't want you to think that I've gone completely insane, but I do want to recognize that there are a lot of voices that we hear, um, not audibly, but in our head. And if you're listening to this podcast, probably the one that you hear most often is the voice of imposter syndrome or the inner critic. And luckily, There is another voice in there that's called the inner guide. And this voice we don't pay attention to quite as often because in our society and when you go through medical training, the voice of the inner critic is much more familiar. So today I'm going to be talking about our inner critic and our inner guides. And these are certainly things that I have mentioned in probably every other podcast episode, but I wanted to put it all together for you in one episode today. So first off, I am not the one who created these terms. And to be honest, I can't even remember where I first saw these things or the originator of the terms inner critic and inner guide. These are concepts that I've read about in pretty much every self-help book or motivational book that I have ever read. And I'm just going to explain these concepts through my lived experience. So As I said, the inner critic is basically the voice of imposter syndrome. It's the voice that's telling you that you're not good enough or smart enough or attractive enough or productive enough, yada, yada, yada. And it's the voice that compares you to others. And the only goal really that the voice has is to make you feel like crap. Now, what the voice 
wants you to believe and what many of us do believe is that this voice is keeping us safe from failure, keeping us from making a mistake, keeping us realistic, um, keeping us from getting too arrogant, all of those things. The inner guide, on the other hand, is the voice of love and compassion. It's the voice of self-forgiveness and appreciation. Um, I like to think of this voice as our inner loving mother figure, and it's also our intuition. Now, this voice is not one that we listen to very much, and I think it's because we think that maybe it's going to make us soft or it's going to make us not motivated enough. Um, many of us think that if, in order to be motivated to do anything, we have to hate or dislike where we where we are at or a part of ourselves, and that is what motivates us to change. But in reality, Whenever I have made any lasting change in my life, whether that's how I talk to myself, my confidence, my weight loss, anything that's been lasting has always come from a place of love and compassion inside of my own mind. Now, both of these voices are normal parts of our human brains. Uh, And for reasons I don't understand, but I've alluded to my assumptions the inner critic voice is much more likely to be amplified than the inner guide. And then medical school makes it even worse because all of that concern that maybe we don't belong, maybe we're not good enough, gets magnified because everybody around us is smart. On top of that, we're constantly being given external circumstances um, like grades and that kind of thing that tell us if we're good enough or not. So I wanted to give you a few examples of my inner critic at work, and there's so many to choose from, but um, I thought I would give you just a a taste of it. Um, My medical school interview was years ago, of course, and I remember thinking the whole time, like, there's no way that they'll want me. And a few days after my interview, three days later, I got a phone call that I had gotten into that medical school. And I remember that my first thought was they, they called the wrong Kristen. It wasn't excitement. It wasn't, um, amazement. It was doubt that I was really the one that they were meaning to call. Um, fast forward to my intern year. And I remember, um, just finishing scrubbing in for a C-section and I remember sitting there having to dictate it, um, back in the days when we dictated things. And um, it was so hard for me to remember how to dictate without looking at my notes. And the thought that kept coming across my mind was, I'm never going to be able to do this. There's no way I'll be ever remember how to do all the steps of a C-section, let alone dictate it. And I love thinking about that memory now because, um, of course, I could do a C-section. It took me like maybe another few months to figure it out. And it now it's like um, something that I can do through, you know, muscle memory. I don't even have to think about it anymore. And in that moment, and in so many moments, we forget how capable we really are of learning something new. And our inner critic is constantly doubting our ability to gain new skills. And 
our inner critic has a very fixed mindset, right? It's like, if you don't have this skill today, you'll never have it. When in reality, especially if you're a physician, I mean, you know, that's not true. Think about all of the things, the knowledge, the um, procedural skills, surgical skills, all of these things that you didn't know how to do 15 years ago that you know how to do now with um, relative confidence. Another example is more personal and it's how I felt after my divorce. Very um, strong voice telling me that that was my only chance at love and that I would never be loved and I was meant to be alone forever. And um, who am I to think that I could get divorced and then be, and then find someone again. And it was this um, very lonely and self-deprecating place to be that I had to relearn how to listen to that voice of the inner guide and decide to love myself through that instead of hate myself through that. Now, let's go to a few examples of my inner guide because luckily in the more recent past, I have been able to listen to that voice more regularly. And the first example is the decision to provide myself with internal validation no matter what every single day. So what that looks like for me is every day after I have office, I'm always telling myself I was really present for my patients today. After surgery, I said that I did the best I could today. And it's not ever, I am the best surgeon. I am the best doctor. It's, I did the best I could today with the situation that I had at hand. And I think that's very important because that kind of validation is very believable and it feels good. It feels better than I should have done this. I should have done that um, and so forth. Another example is recent. I actually, just a few weeks ago, we were planning to go to Florida for vacation. And a couple days beforehand, both my husband and I had this overwhelming feeling that we should not go. And my baby was sick at that time. And we were just feeling like it was a mistake to go. So we canceled the trip. And a few days later, the rest of our family was sick with RSV. And we were so grateful to be home. And to be enjoying fall activities in our house. And we really were able to kind of enjoy the staycation. And I think that if I hadn't listened to that voice of the inner guide, I would have forced that trip to happen when it wasn't meant to. And then finally, creating new healthy habits. I Right now, I'm trying to get back into not eating as much flour as sugar. Um, certainly, I am a, a sugar addict for sure. And I have to love myself through that. I have to listen to the voice of the inner guide telling me that it's it's better not to have sugar today because of the long-term benefits and how it doesn't make me feel good. Instead of what I would have done in the past is, you're so fat, you're so ugly, how could you eat all this sugar? And that's not going to be motivating at all. It makes me feel worse. Your inner critic is lying to you. And this is something that I think we don't like to believe readily. I know that I didn't want to believe that. I thought that the inner critic was the voice of reason. But in fact, um, it's just a bunch of lies that don't feel good and are completely optional. And really, it's only focusing on the negative aspects and the failures, quote unquote failures. Uh, That voice is refusing to acknowledge anything positive. And for that reason, anything positive that happens to you day in and day out, it won't even recognize as a memory 
that you can recall on because it doesn't prove its own value in, in remembering those things. So the only reason that it feels more believable is because it's familiar to you. This is the voice that you've been choosing to listen to for years. Um, but don't get me wrong. This is a choice. As I said, you can decide to choose differently right now. Does it feel odd at first? 100% yes, it does. But that doesn't mean that your inner guide is a lie. It just means that you aren't used to it yet. So steps to try to take this week are just to practice listening to that inner guide. If you were to listen to your inner guide, what would it tell you? And just pick out a few things. And the next few days, decide to listen to those things intentionally. Tell yourself those things intentionally until they become more habitual. Have a great week. Thank you.